Alicia. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. We're with Lamb Lion Ministries. We thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today that we have titled Shepherds and Wolves. So stay tuned as we embark in Ezekiel chapter 34. And for those of you following us on social media, media would love for you to share with your friends and family this program and also for those of you following us on pray.com we will invite you to keep us in prayer and this program as well but before continuing i'm going to ask my co-host nathan jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer lord jesus we thank you so much as we study your word that we get a real mind's eye view into you lord uh, it's just amazing how you shine through this prophecy throughout ezekiel and uh, lord not only do we learn about who you are but what your plans are for your children so lord uh, reveal them to us today that all tuned in may grow in our relationship with you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, you're tuned into a program titled uh, Shepherds and Wolves. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, great week we're having. Hey, brother. Yes. Hello to you and to all those tuned in. Uh, welcome to the, the Truth Will Set You Free. Nathan, and what a wonderful uh, uh, opportunity is for us to share the truth of Jesus Christ. Recently, we were celebrating a wonderful uh, um, holiday in the United States of America. And I'm so thankful for our country. I immigrated here from the Dominican Republic. And Nathan, we have so many wonderful privileges here to give thanks for. Yeah, you know, Vic, uh, you know, it's funny, my wife and I watch all these Perry Mason episodes, you know, from the 50s and 60s. And back then, they didn't care about character development. It was only what they achieved. And so people didn't know much about this character. That made me think, hey, wait a minute, maybe our audience doesn't know that Vic came from the DR. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about how old were you and how you got here before we dive into scripture. Oh, Nathan, thank you so much. Yes, I was uh, 10 years old. We immigrated here uh, to the from the Dominican Republic, and our parents brought us directly to Manhattan, Delancey. And uh, we lived there for about a year. Then we moved to Queens. Then from Queens, we went to the Bronx and pretty much grew up somewhat in the Bronx and then Florida. But Nathan, when I first came to the United States of America from the Dominican Republic, I tell people that I came from where missionaries go. Literally, it was it was uh, uh, like a picture that you see on the missions field of this little kid out in the woods, uh, dirt floors, almost living in a hut. I came from that scenery, Nathan, to New York City with these amazing high risers and train stations and airplanes. I mean, I thought I was in heaven, honestly, not quite. But, you know, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Why? Why did your father? take you to New York and say instead of Miami or, or a city closer to the DR? 
Well, there's a, a very large group of people from the Dominican Republic living in Manhattan, and it's almost like a little mini Dominican Republic. For whatever reason, they mostly immigrate to that area because they can speak the language. It's almost like a community. Oh. So my parents brought us to New York because it was the Big Apple, you know, the, the, the big dream, if you will. That was like the land of milk and honey. So that was what he always wanted for us as children. So New York was that place. Uh, at that time. That makes sense. Okay, because I've been in New York City a number of times, Little Italy to Chinatown. So there's probably a little Dominica or something, right? So it's more welcoming and easier to integrate into a new country. Absolutely, Nathan. Yes. And most people there, uh, even though it's, it's here in the United States of America, they primarily just speak Spanish, all the bodegas and all the stores, all the people. Uh, and, and there's some English in there. So you, you always come to a place where you can sort of interact. I didn't speak any English. I only knew two words of English, and that was pen and pencil. And then I learned a third one, chimney, and that was about it. <laughs> so how long then did it take for you to learn English? Actually, within a year, I, uh, I plugged into school. My parents put me in school. I was learning bilingual, but then you're sort of indoctrinated and you're speaking with other children uh, basically while you're in school. So I was able to pick up English pretty quickly. I've always been impressed. Maybe folks don't know, but uh, you know, you speak uh, bilingually and preach bilingually, and that is a talent. Well, uh, thank you, Nathan. We thank the Lord for that gift, and as you and I have always tried to do, we try to reach uh, whoever the Lord allows us to, and we have a large Spanish community as well as a large English community. So if I'm able to speak the language, uh, uh, both languages, we've always tried to integrate that into our ministry, and you and I spend uh, quite a number of years doing a lot of programs in bilingual as well, right, Nate? Yeah, back in the early days, we'd record one in Spanish, and then you would translate for me, and then we'd do one in English. And uh, yeah, man, I, I remember those days. I'm always impressed with people who know multiple languages. I I, I, I could barely do uh, English. No, I do English pretty well, but I, I took German and Hebrew, and I didn't do so hot in those. And uh, back in my web development days, I knew some coding languages like HTML and PHP and Cold Fusion, but uh, those aren't really useful in communicating with people. So I'm always impressed. Man, I, I remember being in Israel. I was in a city of Tiberias on the Sea of Galilee, and this very Jewishly dressed gentleman, very Hasidic, came up to me and he's like, blah, 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 blah. He's asking a question. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. I, and then he, next he switches language, blah, 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 blah. And then a third time, I'm, I'm, I didn't know that. He had a fourth language. And I'm like, hey, do you speak English? He goes, oh, yeah, I speak perfect English. Sure. <laughs> he asked the question. Five languages he went back and forth from. It was so impressive. I tell you, man, we Americans, uh, although we take a few years of languages requirement in junior high or high school, uh, we're pathetic when it comes to multiple languages. Oh, Nathan. Yeah, it's it's true. It is amazing people that are, that that are able to do that. But yes, I only speak uh, English and Spanish. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, but Nathan, wait, before we start, it's kind of uh, you you got to share a little bit about earlier before we started the program when you and I were praying, you asked me a question and you said, Vic, what does this mean? Remember that? Yes. Well, for years, you know, you've had we've had two different theme songs on The Truth Will Set You Free. So kudos to those of you who remember our the song that we used to have, but uh, when we got on Pray.com, we switched to the original song about good news, good news. And and so I wonder sometimes if people listening, they hear the Spanish, they think, oh, well, this is going to be the whole program in Spanish. But there's only a little bit in Spanish. 
and it's in the beginning. And, you know, it's funny, I've taken for granted all these years about what it meant. So, Vic, can you tell us, tell people in the beginning and the music, you, you and our closing music as well, you say something in Spanish before you say good news. What is it? Well, here we go, Nathan. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to play this real quick and then I'll share about it. Okay. And that is news. La buena noticia actually means the good news has arrived. So while I was saying good news, good news, that means la buena noticia. So good news, good news. And then in Spanish, the good news has arrived. Yeah. So that was our Spanish lesson for today. Well, you know, it's very appropriate. Not only the good news of the gospel, but... You know, the good news of us learning about Jesus Christ uh, week in and week out and growing in our faith and relationship with him. So uh, exciting, man. Thank you for that. I, I can't believe after 11, what are we on, 12 years now recording this program, I'm finally like, wait a minute, what is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you know, Nathan, that's the fun thing. But believe it or not, we since we play it as an intro song, sometimes I don't I had even forgotten that I was doing it in bilingual. So I'm with you right there. <laughs> uh, well, folks, I hope that uh, you enjoyed that little bit of background about Vic. Uh, uh, fascinating uh, guy. I tell you, he's one of my favorite brothers in Christ. We've been friends for many years, ever since we met at the Pre-Trib Research Center uh, conference, what, back in 2009. And uh uh, it's just been a blessing. We wrote a book together. Uh, it's called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. And uh, folks, you can check all of that out on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. Praise the Lord, Nathan. Thank you so much. I echo that. It's been a blessing uh, being a friend and also partnering in our ministry and uh, doing these outreaches together. And uh, we also want to thank those of you that are tuning in right now that have tuned in via social media, uh, pray.com and the like. Uh, thank you for your prayers and being part of the program. And please feel free to share this program uh, with your friends and family. This is our podcast uh, of Christ in Prophecy. And again, uh, you can get more information at the website. And Nate, just in case someone is new and they're not sure how to get a hold of all our resources, can you just share that briefly before we jump into Ezekiel 34? Yeah, well, most people know Lamb and Lion Ministries because of our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is uh, now in its 20, ooh, 20, uh, first year, 21st season. It was started by Dr. David Reagan, and he has since moved to emeritus status, so now it's uh, Tim Moore and myself. Uh, we got a new evangelist on staff, uh, Dr. Dave Bowen, and he's been joining us. Uh, of course, Vic and Patrick are evangelists with uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries as well. But we want you to get excited about the Lord's soon return. That's why we exist. So you can check out our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Download our Lamb Lion app from all the major platforms. Check us out on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. And of course, if you're listening to this, the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, uh, you're probably doing it by RSS feed or pray.com, maybe uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So we uh, welcome you, and uh, so glad you could join us. And uh, for those of you who've been with us, to remember our previous theme song that I'm really impressed. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And again, we're so excited for today's uh, program. And we have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel in a chapter by chapter, verse by verse format. And Nathan, can you believe it? We're almost landing on chapter 35, 
But chapter 34 has been a fascinating chapter as we've been looking at Ezekiel as a watchman. And then as he begins to talk about uh, false shepherds and, and as well as the good shepherd. And last week we were we were going over uh, the, the, some of the references in the word of God regarding the responsibility of a shepherd. Of course, that's why we titled today's message Shepherds and Wolves. But in case someone wasn't part of our previous programs, Nathan, might you be able to recap for them a, a few things that uh, will bring this chapter to a closure for them? Well, so far, we have been historically going through uh, from chapter one up until 35 will be fairly historical. About 2,600 uh, years ago or 600 B.C., the Jewish people for hundreds of years had not lived up to the the Mosaic law. They had not represented God to the people around them. They'd become as evil as the people around them. And as part of the punishment to, to bring a believing remnant, the Lord said, okay, I'm going to exile you out of the land. You're going to be strangers in Babylon and Assyria, and you'll be there for 70 years. And then I'm going to bring a believing remnant back to repopulate the land. And we're going to start this over again. And this is at the time Ezekiel has already been exiled, but he was returned as a prophet. Uh, we've read in the past few chapters how uh, the watchmen on the wall are calling out and saying, hey, you know, the Babylonians are coming. Uh, this Jerusalem, which is the last holdout of Israel, is going to be destroyed. And uh, the Lord says, you've been following worthless shepherds. So now and we're in chapter 34, he says, let me tell you who the true shepherd is. Let me remind you for all your wandering who is your real true shepherd that you should be following? It would have made everything all right all these hundreds of years, but you chose not to follow him. And that's where we left off. And it's exciting Nathan, because we'll soon get into the prophetic chapters, which talk about Israel's future. So I know people are excited to get to that, but the Lord here is establishing himself first in Israel's history before we move on to future prophecy. Nathan, yeah, and that is fantastic. And one of the things too Ezekiel was also talking about is, you know, the importance, the role that a shepherd plays, one that actually takes care of the flock, takes care of the sheep, much like God wants to do with his people. And uh, uh, you also uh, made a great reference in our previous program regarding the good shepherd, how Jesus is that good shepherd. It also reminds me, Nate, in, in uh, Second Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, where it also talks about those false prophets and false shepherds and how when they come, their agenda is to fleece the flock. And that's what this reference in the book of Ezekiel was. It was these false shepherds that were really taking advantage of God's people. And as a matter of fact, it reminds me like Jesus himself in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 15, verses through 20, he spoke about uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, false uh, uh, shepherds, if you will, and how you are, will be able to know them by their fruits because technically they're ravenous wolves. And we saw how these false shepherds came to take advantage of God's people. But yet God had a, re had a redemptive plan for the people of Israel. And verses 17 and 20 begin to open up for us a little bit of that Will you be able, Nathan, to read for us verses 17 through 20 in Ezekiel 34 in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us? Yeah, let's pick up. Verse 17. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. 
Is it too little for you to have eaten up the good pasture? Then you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture and to have drunk of the clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet. And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. Nathan, and I'm looking at this passage, and uh, this is this is a very important passage because God here clearly is making a distinction. Uh, he, he's going to do something here so people can see that he's going to be stepping into the soon, uh, excuse me, into the scene and cause a division and a separation on here. And, and I love that, Nathan, because God knows uh, those who are his. And he's always had a plan for the for the nation of Israel, but he also has a plan for the true believers. And uh, just because someone is a Jew, it doesn't necessarily mean they are, uh, you know, like a Messianic Jew. They're religious, but God always knows the hearts of those who are his. And here it talks about how God is going to, uh, it says, behold, verse 20, I myself, I myself would judge between the fat and the lean sheep. Uh, Nathan, and that, that to me is an amazing passage when we talk about God's judgment when he steps in the scene. Yeah, and you got to remember that 5th century Israel here is, is agrarian. So the Lord uses agrarian type imagery to help understand, uh, help the people understand his points. Just like the 1st century uh, AD when Jesus was there and he was talking about Matthew 25, the sheep goat judgment. He was again using an agrarian, a shepherd's illustration that he was going to separate one day the sheep from the goats. In other words, those who are his flock, his children, those who have put their faith and trust in him, he calls sheep. They need they're they're gentle and and they you know sheep have no defenses whatsoever. They're they're actually rather stupid creatures and they have to be constantly taken care of. Whereas goats are more aggressive, they're tougher, they can take care of themselves, but they tend to be obstinate and stubborn and they won't follow. And so the Lord knows that by making this comparison that people understand because they know what the personality of sheep are like. They know the personality of goats. And the Lord is saying, hey, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. Matthew 25, Jesus will later say that after the tribulation time period that comes on the whole earth, the Lord is again going to separate the sheep from the goats, those who are his versus those who reject him. And so it's an imagery that's used throughout the Bible. Nathan, I love that. And I also love the fact that you referenced that very important passage there, Matthew 25, uh, verses 31 through 32, in case someone doesn't have a Bible where it says, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from the ends of the heaven to the other. Now learn this power. The fig tree, when its branches have already become tender and puts forth leaves, you will know the summer is near. So he basically began to talk about that situation there where the Lord is going to make a difference between sheep and goats. And uh, God is going to judge, uh, again, these certain type of people and, and their hearts and the situation. And Nathan, sometimes people get confused because when they start reading uh, the Old Testament, they wonder, well, how does this apply to my life? Well, the reality, right, Nathan, in, in, in a spiritual sense is that God is going to judge uh, mankind as well for those that have rejected Christ or those that have received Christ. So this message is also applicable for us that are here today. Oh, all of human history has been about getting mankind back into that right relationship with God, like Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, where we 
walked and talked and had fellowship and saw the Father face to face. And so sin separated us. And so every generation after that has been a difference between the sheep, God's faithful, versus the goats, those who reject him. Every generation has people who, who by faith are saved, and, and then they get to go to heaven and be with God forever. And so all of human history is a separation of the sheep and goats. With the final one, which we read in uh, Revelation chapter 20 and 21, the great white throne judgment, where all those throughout all of human history stand before the throne of God, and, and Christ judges them like the sheep and the goats and separates those who rejected him, the goats, will end up going to hell. And those who've accepted him, the sheep, will be with the Lord forever on the in the new heavens, on the new earth. And therefore, that cycle, that circle will be complete, and all of human history will be back to that Garden of Eden state again. So, yeah, this imagery of the sheep and goats has been around since the fall and will continue all the way to the end of human history. I love that. And again, for those of you that just tuned into our program, you tuned into our Truth Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Light Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 34, a message titled Shepherds and Wolves. Nathan, we see God's plan on full effect here for his people because now things begin to turn around a little bit. Beginning there in verse 21 through verse 25, we see now it says, because you have pushed with side and shoulder, uh, butted all the weak ones with your horns and scatter them abroad. Therefore, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish one shepherd over them and he shall feed them. My servant David and he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Nathan, this is a fantastic prophecy right here. Well, it, it definitely flies in the face of, of replacement theology, this idea that the church has replaced Israel. Now, the Lord is saying here that, yes, uh, now, it includes all the faithful, both Jew and Gentile, but it shows that, again, remember where we are at in Ezekiel, this is it. This is the last day for the city of Jerusalem. It's being besieged by King Nebuchadnezzar. Already the rest of the land of Israel has been taken by Nebuchadnezzar, and this is it. And you think, well, and some people say that's it. That's the end of Israel's history, that no more there'll be a vassal state when they come back, and of course they will. And that God's washed his hands of the Jewish people, and he's not done with them. But as Paul said in Romans 9, chapters 9 through 11, uh, no way, I'm not done with the Jewish people. So it's the Lord is saying here that he's going to send his shepherd, his servant David, and we know that's a messianic passage. They're talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will come and he will have all his sheep, both the Gentile sheep and the Jewish sheep, and he will rule over them in his millennial kingdom. Uh, some interpret this passage that if Christ is ruling over the millennial kingdom, then it could be that King David, who's promised to rule and reign over Jerusalem, will return and he will rule under Jesus as kind of the mayor of Jerusalem during the millennial kingdom. So these are fantastic prophecies here because what God's saying to the Jewish people in their darkest day, I mean, they're looking at the end of their civilization as they know it at that time period. He says, I am not forgetting you. Despite your evils, I will take those who are faithful. I will restore them. I will shepherd over them and they will know peace and bounty once more. So it's a message of hope for a nation that's in its death throes. Nathan, and 
And I just love God's love and his redemptive plan for those that trust and love him. The Jewish people, you're absolutely right. They're always in, in, in the apple of God's eyes. And we see that clearly here that God is not done with them. God is disciplining. God is working. Even today, uh, God is doing a, a great work in the Jewish people. But we see there in verse 25 through 31, God's continuous plan for peace for them, for protection and for provision. And Nathan, would you be able to pick it up for us in verse 25 through verse uh, 29? And then I'll close it out with verses 30 and 31 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Okay, well, that's a great passage. Verse 25 says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them in the places all around my hill of blessing. I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in the land and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hands of those who have enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Ooh, verse 30, thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are the men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. What a beautiful passage, Nathan. Oh, and, you know, again, we're talking about animals and showers and nature and productive land. Again, an agrarian picture, but it points to a, and I'm not trying to spiritualize the scripture. Certainly there will be this material blessing on a restored Israel since May of 1948. Israel's back in the land. They rule over themselves again. They have turned a desolate land into bounty. All this has come true, but the Gentiles still revile them. The world hates them. Satan is trying to execute them. And yet we have this prophecy that one day, the Jewish people will live in peace and prosperity. They won't fear the, the Gentile word anymore. As a matter of fact, the Gentile world will revere them. Jesus will rule and reign over them. Brother, this is a picture of the millennial kingdom. This is a prophecy that we'll get, especially in Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48, into great detail, the rule and reign of the Messiah over the Jewish people. This is what the Jewish people have longed for. And this is what, brother, those of us who are Christians long for the return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom on this earth. I love that. And, and, and Nathan, that is the good news that we've been talking about. We know the Lord is coming back soon. We see all these amazing signs of the times all around us, just like the Lord prophesied we would see before his return. And one of the great blessings is that his Holy Spirit has been poured out these last days on those whose hearts are open to him. And listen, if that's you and you don't have a relationship with the Lord right now, God is calling you out because he loves you. He has set you apart. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, all of what we just read here in these scriptures can also apply to you if you start this relationship with him. God has a wonderful plan for humanity. According to John 3, 16, the Bible is clear that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
And if that is your desire, we want to give you an opportunity right now to turn to Christ and to receive his peace that surpasses all understanding. Nathan, would you be able to share with that person that maybe right now feels a tug in their heart to start a relationship with the Lord, how they can do so even right now? Well, remember, to be the citizen of this kingdom, you can't be a goat. you got to be the sheep. The sheep hear the Lord's voice. They respond to it and they obey him. And how are they obeying? They're turning to Jesus Christ in faith. They're repenting of their sins and they're asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of their life. That makes you the sheep. You hear his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit calling you to salvation. And if you hear that voice now, then turn to the Lord Jesus in prayer and with a penitent heart. Pray something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. That would make you one of his sheep. Your sins will be forgiven and the guilt washed away, and you will inherit eternal life in his kingdom. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan. What a wonderful way as we get to close our program with that wonderful invitation. Listen, and if you pray that prayer for the first time, reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to give you a Bible and a Bible studies guide so that you can follow along with us. And we will rejoice with you for being part uh, of the Lord's family right now. We also encourage you, find a church that teaches the word of God. Be part of it. Get baptized. Get plugged in. Uh, so when the Lord returns, he will find us busy about his business. Nathan, thank you so much for that wonderful invitation and also uh, for just opening up this wonderful scriptures to us today. God bless you all. And uh, we hope that you're one of the sheep. Amen. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.